0: We've got our take
1: cannons loaded and ready. ready, Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception The Show.
0: Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Co. Matt Harmon here with you, listening to Reception Perception The Show. Um, Matt, I want to start the show off by um, we don't do this enough, I think, but I, I really want to. Thank kind of the listeners here um our podcast has really been growing uh, over the last couple of months here and um and i just wanted to take the time uh to thank everybody who's listened to us and and, and done all of those things shared our podcast or whatever it might have been but um i know you and i were talking about this offline but man we've we've been um really happy with the the growth of our podcast man i'm so glad you brought this up
1: for a couple different reasons because i, I kind of wanted to say the same thing like this show has been growing it's been awesome it's just the two of it's just the two of us and which is great. It's so, I mean, obviously we have a great podcast company, Odyssey. We have uh, producer Mike's working on the show. Uh, You know, we have our video video editors, a lot of great people. I don't mean to just say just me and James out here, you know, chopping wood, (laughs) but um, it is just, you know, mostly you and I getting to hang out and talk and uh, talk ball. We do a little bit of fantasy dynasty, but we get to just talk regular football, like, which is great. I know both of us want to do that. So I've really enjoyed doing this show. And then it is always nice to, to realize that, There are people out there um listening to it and consuming it so yeah you know it was funny because we actually the reason i am saying i wanted to talk about this too for for a couple different reasons one of which was that you know when we were texting about the pod the other day i was like you know what let's go like look at i don't often and i would normally tell people don't ever read the comments anywhere yeah um Uh uh-huh don't do that. It's just not good business for you, for for your mentals. Like I would, (laughs) for sure. I I, I, like, I'm not looking at whatever anybody's commenting on my Yahoo articles. Let me tell you that. That is, I'm not going, I ain't going in there, but I was like, let's see the rating and reviews. And for the most part, Uh our ratings are positive. It's great. It's good to see. I do want to extend an apology to the listener who wrote in a review uh, and and said that I complained too much about how busy I am on the show. I will say, at the time of this person's rating and review, uh, yep, I was yep. dealing with a personal life thing that I should have just okay. left off the, which oh it, it, it was a serious thing. And I'm I'll, I'll just, it was maybe, maybe, you know, I've given off a little of that. Um, but, you know, the, the, to the person's point, there was nothing more annoying then the person i remember i always used to say this in college like you know you had a couple friends yeah. who was like oh, i'm so busy yeah we're all busy okay shut up nobody wants to come so you know what <laughs> if i was being if you think listener that okay. i was being the yeah. i'm so busy look at me i'm so busy person Yo, I, I apologize because okay. I don't want any of this, this great community that we've built here, this great yes. folks that are listening to the show. I don't want anybody to think that I'm that guy or to That's have to funny. be um, burdened with that nonsense. So uh, my apologies to that specific listener um, and, and a shout out to all of the other great listeners out there.
0: Yeah, you talk about us just doing it solo. I think what, what you what you mean by that too is that we don't bring on a lot of like big time guests, you know, it's it's just yeah. you and I really chopping it up. Um, and I think people have really gravitated towards that. And, and I think whether it's us being lazy or, or not, <laughs> a lot of it is just, I think we just enjoy um, having this conversation among ourselves and it's never been dull and it's never dragged on. And, um, and I don't think you and I have ever felt the need to bring on guests, and, and honestly, it's been really gratifying to see that the podcast has grown. Um, again, despite not having uh, a lot of big time guests, but hey, listen, shout out to the guests that we have had, which yeah. they, they've all been wonderful. Uh, so, right. anyways, but let's get into the show here. Uh, want to talk about a couple of young players here, Matt. You added a couple guys to the rookie report, uh, two guys. Well, one guy who I think has has really kind of of sort of come out of nowhere and someone we would like to see a whole lot more of, the first guy we want to talk about is Dontavian Wicks, and then we're going to get to Marvin Mims in just a second. But they're in Green Bay. I know you have been really impressed uh, by this rookie Dontavian Wicks
1: yeah wicks was a guy I didn't have a college profile on um wasn't in the rookie roundup for the mini sample guys that i do before the draft just didn't get enough film on him but uh he is a uva guy shout out to uva hey. um, great great wine scene up there in charlottesville so i don't know if uh, Dante <laughs> being, he's not a virginia guy he's baton baton rouge uh, louisiana is where he was born okay. so um you know just just going to school at uva the the, the fine the fine school there in charlottesville so um I didn't get a didn't get any film on him. Didn't get a chance to see him, but just from um, just from the 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 look I've got of the NFL so far, so four games. You know, just like everybody else in the rookie report, he did get added um, this morning. Marvin Mims should be up later today. Uh, I think Dontavian Wicks can play, man. Uh, he's been sort of a flanker and an X receiver for for the Packers. We'll talk about the Packers receiver core as a whole here in a second, but. 70% of the snaps sampled. He lined up outside. He was off the line of scrimmage on 57.1% and on the line of scrimmage for 42.9%. And this is a guy I think just – look, he's not a perfect player. He's He makes some mistakes every now and again. He certainly needs to get better um, at the catch point in the contested game. There's there's some issues there. He runs, like, his routes at the wrong depth sometimes. He's, he's not quite mm, okay. where Jordan Love expects him to be. But – when he's on time, when he's on schedule, I think he's a really good route runner. Um, 68.4% success rate versus man coverage. It's a pretty solid number. 71.4% success rate versus press. Uh, and 78%, right around 78% success rate versus zone. Those are all pretty solid numbers for a day three rookie receiver – who's just walked in and started contributing. And, and he's been pretty much their fourth receiver all season long. Um, the other guy's playing time has rotated a little bit, but he started to get a little bit more burned before the Thanksgiving game where he unfortunately was injured and he didn't play. But um, I think the best stuff he does too is in that sort of intermediate area, his dig route. He runs a lot of dig routes, curl routes, slant routes, and out routes. That's just like an NFL you know, run-of-the-mill meat and potatoes route tree right I think he executes that pretty well
0: so when I went uh, to go and look at some of his um, UVA stuff man he's a really interesting player uh, in terms of his highs and lows I don't know if we saw this I don't know if you saw this in the in the game tape or what the um, his pro tape kind of tells us but man when I saw him at UVA sometimes I'm like okay he's got some real burst especially lateral quickness and his ability to kind of track the deep ball, I thought, was really impressive, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did have a lot of drops, man. 14 yeah. drops over his last two seasons uh, per pro football focus. And again, I thought there were times, man, when I'm like, oh, yeah, I get excited about this guy, you know, because he's a, um, you know, he's 6'2", or excuse me, 6'1", 206 pounds. Um, and there were times when I said, man, in contested catch, this guy could do it. And then other times I mean like okay yeah this is not not very good in the contested catch so I it, I just couldn't really get a read on Dontavian Wicks um, in terms of his inconsistency and then of course then you go back to some of his athletic scores and I, 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 I again I don't know where to go with this guy right six one two oh six he ran a four six two forty which is just bafflingly slow but he had a thirty nine inch vertical. Uh, at that height and and weight, which is really really good, right? So, I just a very intriguing prospect is this guy Wicks. I feel like you were
1: this close to saying he's a weird player, and then you, you yeah, got, yeah, you stopped. And, and <laughs> I was, but I but I kind of think he's a little bit yeah. of a weird player too. Um, right. just looking at uh fantasy points data suite, they have him charted uh it, for for my games it was zero of two contested catch conversions. They have him one for three. Uh, for drops, they have them at a 9.4% drop rate. So um, obviously I'm doing just a four-game sample. They they do all the yeah. games and stuff like that. So um, that, that checks out there. I think there are definitely issues, uh, again, in the contested game. Uh, all of these Packers receivers actually have had um, – I wonder if you just even ticked Jaden Reed. You ticked Christian Watson. Shoot, you even ticked Romeo Dobbs, like, up a little bit from a contested catch – uh, standpoint. I wonder what Jordan Love's stat line would look like. Like people have dogged on his completion rate and stuff like that. Yeah. I kind of want, like, I mean, Jaden Reed, fantasy points, still has him as zero for eight in contested situations. And oh I God. think he does struggle in contested situations. Um, like Romeo Dobbs is their best contested catch receiver, and they've got him six for 14.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and, not, and how bad has Christian Watson been in contested catch? Good yeah. God.
1: Well, he, he made some improvements on the Thanksgiving game. Uh, on the one game.
0: <laughs> In the yeah, one game that he had. That yes. probably
1: boosted him from like 20% to 40%, you know? So Jeez. um, that has been an issue just for all of these Packers receivers, which, you know, some of that, again, can just be youth. Some of that shoot can be on Jordan Love too from a ball placement perspective. Like, what are you throwing your guys into? You know, contested catch numbers are really weird and can be very fluky and volatile and stuff like that. We know that with these receivers. But yeah, just overall, I think Dentavian Wicks has a, a lot of potential to be a really solid contributor. Again, I'm not sure what his ceiling is. And um, I do think just, again, she's showing some solid route running signs. Like, the curl route success rate is 85.7%. The slant route success rate is 83.3%. You know, the dig route is just shy of like re- the league average. You know, the out route's 90%. Like these are some high level scores. Um, it's this that we need we need some development across the route tree. Uh, we need we definitely aren't getting a lot of downfield stuff for Wicks. although those corner route success rates really high. So yeah, yeah, kind of a weird player, right? Like, I'm not quite <laughs> sure. Uh, the, right. the thing I would say about Wicks, the the, the press success rate, and it's not – a like 16% of his routes he saw press coverage in the, in the games I sampled. That's not an insignificant amount, and he's over 70%. I am looking for who from this Packers receiver core can emerge as an X receiver because they're weird too. They're all young guys, right? First, second year players. None of them are first round picks. So these guys are all locked into the roster at cheap deals uh, for the next three to four years. Um, But it's not as if like, all right, you want one of these guys to really rocket up the, the board. Romeo Dobbs is probably not going anywhere because he's a solid player. Christian Watson is a good player. He's an inconsistent player. He's not terrible. He just was a little overrated coming into the season. Mm -hmm. Jaden Reed, I think, looks like a baller. Wicks looks like he can play. But, like, who's the X receiver on this team, you know? Um, That's where I'm interested in just, like, the press success rate for Dontavian Wicks. But I think long-term because of some of the speed concerns you have mentioned, some of the nine-route post-route success rates are lower – he probably profiles as more of a flanker, but I kind of think all these guys profile more as like,
0: I, I mean, they're going to definitely try to shoehorn in, um, regardless of what you think they're going to try to shoehorn in Christian Watson as an X, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, just given his, um, his, his draft cost, his, his size and his speed. Um, uh, but you're right. I think Romeo Dobbs and, and this guy Wicks, um, really profile well as, um, you know, flanker guys, <clears throat> Let me ask you about his downfield stuff because I am fascinated by this um, in in regards to Dante Van Wicks. Again, when I go back and I watch his college stuff, um, he is a player that I thought did a really good job in terms of tracking the ball downfield, right? Um, I thought he had good eyes. Now hand, eye hand, eye coordination. Okay. Uh, A little bit left to be desired, but um, I thought he did a really good job tracking the ball. And I thought he timed his jumps really well um, too, right? So, do you see, I don't know, some kind of room for growth? Because right now what you've got, um, and again, in a, in a short sample here, 28.9% success rate on the nine, that is not going to get it done, man. No. But um, again, you want to be around 50% uh, before we start saying, okay, this guy can you know do some things downfield uh, at a minimum, by the way. Um, but it, are there... I don't know. Are there traits that you can see where you're saying, okay, this guy could make a, a little bit of a leap here downfield.
1: You know, we're talking, we're talking about his time speed his 40 speed, stuff like that. I do think he can gallop a little bit in the open field. Um, like when you get him rolling out in space, he can break some tackles. He can eat up ground, like maybe kind of a long strider type um, reminds me a little bit after the catch of like um, Tyrell Williams back in the day. That's a, like a throwback sure. rando name. Love but, it. Um, I think he's got some buildup speed there. So I think it would be something like taking that speed and, and translating it to your game as a in air, like, you know, a route runner, like before the ball arrives receiver, you need to kind of take some of that. I don't think he looks like a bad NFL athlete or anything. Um, it just needs to, again, marry some of those traits with what I do think is good, solid fundamental route running. And, and those two things need to come together to make him more of a downfield receiver.
0: Um, you talk about this Packers wide receiver room and it, it's, they, they have, I think three guys that would be really interesting. Number twos, I mean, Dobbs is maybe not a, a traditional number two and David Don Wicks. I don't think is probably your traditional number two either, but I think they have a little bit of wide receiver depth now yeah. with Dontavian <laughs> Wicks yeah. emerging. Although I don't think they've got, you know, again, a consistent number one guy, even Watson who is again, a size speed freak great athlete, um, I think you've highlighted enough holes in his game to say, man, you, you can't rely on him in certain areas of the field.
1: Yeah, I think Watson is that volatile number two. Um, I think in like the Gabe Davis variety. I mean, definitely right. more um, flashy than a Gabe Davis type. But oh, yeah. If, if Watson is your ex, he's going to be like an ex like like Buffalo has in Gabe Davis. Like he's a very boom bust, volatile type of player. Not again, like a rich man's Gabe Davis, right? That yes, that would be what, right. what Christian Watson is. And then you think about like Romeo Dobbs and Dontavian Wicks. I think these guys would probably need to take a step in order to be like a true consistent two, like a every snap blanker. Um Dobbs is is fine I think Yep I would probably prefer him as a 3 um and, and then, you know, Wicks, I do think I've seen enough to be like, all right, I maybe if he develops a little bit, he can be like a consistent outside receiver. Um, I mean, shoot, I'll tell you what, that 68.4% success rate versus man and the zone yep. score and the press score, those are all better than Romeo Dobbs had in his in in season rookie report from last year. Um both in, in terms of like if you're talking about the day three guys that are here kicking around in this receiver room, I think long term. Not right now, maybe not rest of season, but long-term. I'm betting on Wicks a little bit over Romeo Dobbs there. And obviously, man, my guy Jaden Reed, I mean, he looks awesome. I think that that Reed shows you abilities and traits and skills that would allow you to think he can be an outside receiver that moves into the slot in three receiver sets and just you play a ton because he runs routes. And he's the best man coverage beater on the team. Period. He's the best route runner. He's the most explosive route runner on this team. Uh, Christian Watson's going to give you all that stuff down the field. Again, he's not a bad player. He doesn't yeah. suck. He just was a little overhyped coming into this year. Sure. But if you've, it's like we saw on Thanksgiving. He can make big plays down the field. But I think Jaden Reed, long term, is the most consistent player here. Um, I just, Again, I'm really fascinated to see how all four of these guys sort out because I think they all can play, just need, like, some steps and some clarity going forward.
0: Do you feel like there's a little bit of redundancy, uh, especially with the three guys we mentioned in terms of Wicks, Dubs, and, and Watson? Is there a little redundancy there because that's really where I think you know wide receiver rooms get a little cloudy um, if you if you've got guys that don't have a designated skill set and fit and marry perfectly together.
1: It's hard to say because I think Dubs is also a weird player. Um, there's sort of a weird player redundancy with the Wicks-Dubs <laughs> thing. Um, uh-huh. And it's kind of in the inverse way where, like, Dubs, I do think, I mean, he's going to have some, like, what the hell type of drops every now and again. But I do think he's shown some toughness in contested situations at times. But yeah. he's not a consistent player there. I mean, he, like I said, he will have some mind-numbing drops, more so as a rookie than he has had this year and i think he's a better like i kind of think he's more of a downfield clasher and then christian watson is like a downfield separator um, but then wicks is definitely better underneath i think than both of these guys like his those slant and curl and um out, and then like in the intermediate area outs and digs like those success right. rates are better than dubs and and even Watson those success rates are much better than anything Christian Watson did as a rookie so I don't know that it redundancy is it I'm just like I'm trying to figure out a way where I get all of these guys on the field at the same time and that is a little bit
0: interesting um to Matt's point 83.3 percent success rate on the slant which is really good um kind of given sort of his you know um his size and speed combination, and then an 85.7% success rate on the curl route. So these are two in-breaking routes, which, again, uh, really good stuff here um, from Dontavian Wicks. And then I think he can give you a little bit on the outside, too. Maybe not straight downfield, but I do wonder if, like, you know, a deep out route or a corner Mm -hmm. route or something like that. Um, Dontavian Wicks can give you a little bit of gas there. So I do an interesting player is Dontavian Wicks, and, and we'll certainly look for him um, to develop here for Green Bay. Okay, how about there in Denver, though? Marvin Mims, this is a guy, man, <laughs> where I know you struggled this one because my guy Mims just doesn't play a lot um, for the Denver Broncos. But what did you find?
1: Yeah, so uh, obviously to start the season, it was like, all right, people, were, what about what? Get, let's get some Marvin Mims charting. I'm like, let's get Marvin Mims to play a little bit more, um, you right? Know, before we get some Marvin Mims charting in there, I literally just finished his uh, charting right before we got started here. Uh, so here's the thing: like, if I had to tagline it, yeah, I went into this looking for reasons, like, why is Marvin Mims not playing more? And to be fair, he's played. You know since uh their week nine by 69 percent of the snaps 56 percent of the snaps and 48 percent of the snaps which is up so i sampled those three games and then the game before that the kansas city game where he had one catch for zero yards so i went into this (laughs) saying thinking like why is marvin mims not playing more why had he not been playing more yeah and i found out why he's not been playing more um he's not not been (laughs) he's just i mean here's the deal (laughs) <laughs> I'm struggling with this because uh, he ran a, a go route, a nine route on 42% of his routes in those four games, <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> which is nuts. Um, <laughs> which
0: is just Why? Why would you deploy
1: a player like this? What are you
0: talking about? That doesn't make any sense.
1: I mean, he's really, yeah, he's really only running uh, clear out routes uh, and he has a 50% success rate on those, on those nine routes. Um, so, which is, it's not it's like not oh my god he's just getting open on all these go routes we gotta unlock him Uh, but it's not horrible right it's not quentin johnson on his nine routes or anything like that right that being said man you look at the rest of the route tree and he doesn't get open anywhere else um i think he looks like a guy that isn't really ready to play wide receiver full-time in the nfl and be relied on yet i think that's that's where marvin mims looks like right now and They've deployed him a little bit um, all over, you know, mostly off the line of scrimmage, 59.9% of his sampled snaps off the line of scrimmage. But, um, you know, he's been out at right wide receiver 38% of the time, uh, left wide receiver 29% of the time, in the slot about 24% of the time, and then he's been in the backfield as a kind of a pre-snap motion guy, eighty-eight point two percent of his sampled snaps. So... He is definitely playing an important role as that pre-snap motion guy. I think uh, Sean Payton's actually used motion to a really good degree in a really intentional, smart way in this Broncos passing game. But, yeah, I mean, Mims right now, we're looking at a success rate versus man coverage of 42.3%. We're looking at a success rate versus zone of 69%. Um, he's just not really ready to, to rock in terms of running that full route tree. And, you know, when you hear a coach like Sean Payton, the other days, or the other a couple of weeks ago, just like, oh man, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of ways to get this guy more involved. I'm like, I, I just got to figure it out. Right. I think that kind of tells you something about where Marvin Mims is right now that he is not, um, he is not ready to be like, just fully integrated into the offense. Um, It's a pretty stripped down route tree, like I mentioned, and the routes that he's running beyond that go route. I mean, he's not really getting open um, a ton. I mean, it's not, it's not Quentin Johnston level, not getting open, but it is definitely (laughs) like, there's no, there's really no nuance. There's really no technique to him as a route runner. He's just kind of trying, like when he gets open, it's, it's just with, with speed. Uh, So that's where, where I am with him. I think he is, in that like gadget slash developmental bucket of wide receivers.
0: Give me that uh, success rate versus man again, because I I heard it was in the 40s, right? 42.3%. 42.3% from a historical database would be the fourth worst success rate versus man score. Obviously, this is a short sample. So we can improve um, if given a full slate of games here. But again, just to kind of give a context to the listeners here um, of how bad that score would be—a forty-two, you know, point five percent or whatever it is—would be the fourth worst success rate versus man score ever recorded uh, in reception perception history. Uh, and now, give me his success rate versus zone. I just kind of want to just kind of sixty-nine percent. So 69%. So this is putting him in the Justin Hunter, Terrace Marshall area of success rate versus man and zone areas of what we're looking at for a player here. Um, as a matter of fact, that's right there uh, with Jalen Rager. These are not things that, that th- these are not players that you want to be associated here with Matt Jalen Rager, Terrace Marshall. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, I-, I do
1: think, you know, like Marquise Lee, actually, right? We've talked about Marquise Lee recently, just because we've been talking about Quentin Johnson, which you know is not a good thing. Forty-four point one percent success rate versus man for for um, for Marquise Lee, and and like I kind of think that Marquise Lee and Marvin Mims are a little similar-ish. Um, Ooh, okay. Marvin Mims maybe has more uh, speed to him, like, but yeah, you know, both for these sure. guys. Yeah, he's definitely faster, but both these guys were good college players that just like weren't route runners, and that's kind of where Marvin Mims is. And you know, Marvin Mims, you look back at his. Collegiate profile, um, there are some good indicators, there are also some not so good indicators, right? Like his success rate versus man was pretty solid, 72 percent, but 32nd percentile success rate versus zone, 29th percentile success rate versus press. like we talked about this that like, again, got open in the short area and down the field as a college prospect, but the intermediate routes, like the dig, the curl, the come back to out those were not as good routes for him and like interesting. That's, again, where you're going to win with nuance beyond just your athleticism and your clear speed that Marvin Mims has. Like, that had to get better at the college level. It wasn't there. It's definitely not there at the NFL level right now. Um, So, that's where Marvin Mims is right now. I mean, it's not, like, over, obviously. We're not saying it's over for Marvin Mims. But, like, I went into this thinking, why is he not playing more, you know, and – the film shows you why he's not playing more like throw out the yards for out running all the boosted stuff, like stuff like that because he caught that one. <laughs> he had the other one game where he had two catches for a hundred yards or whatever. Um, yeah. I, I don't no. think that's really real. I think that's just a, he had one broken, like a catch on a broken play and shoot if you're Russ and you're like, ah, shoot, he's down there on a broken play. I'm going to throw him the ball. Right. But other than that, he hasn't right. shown himself to be a consistent earner. Either.
0: Okay. So, um, Sean Payton, I don't know if you saw this clip before, but they were asking, you know, people about what makes a good route runner. Okay. And Sean, Sean Payton, his, his own coach uh, had a really interesting um, thought on this, which is to be a great route runner. <clears throat> you could either beat somebody by going zero to 60 um, or you could beat somebody by going 60 to zero. Right mm. So basically, you either go really fast or you can stop really fast. Um, and, and when you have both of those things going, oh baby, now we're cooking with gas, right? So Marvin Mims, we know can go really fast. Um, I will ask you this, can he stop really fast from what you've seen? Well that would the the routes
1: that we highlighted here from a college perspective alone, curl route seventy three point nine percent. Comeback route, 33.3%. That would indicate no, right? Like dig route, Mm 60%. Right. Out route, 75%. That's fine, but that's where you're sort of having to try to change direction. Uh, You're sort of having to alter your speed that, that would indicate no. And then, I mean, look, the, the the stuff in the rookie report, obviously, is is no. I mean, curl route success rate, 40%. He didn't even run a damn comeback route in this one. They're not having him do that right <laughs> now. So, um, like, I, so I think that is where he is right. he's struggling. Like, they're just sending him down the field. If 42% of his routes are go routes, like, that's just – That's insane. That's, you're not really actually being somebody um, that, that is going to be a real part of the offense. You know, there was actually a video – Um, I saw it on Barstool's like Twitter going around that like where he came up to a fan and and I'm sure they ripped it from somewhere because that's how it goes. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. (laughs) definitely uh, they definitely did. For sure, Um, you know they they was like he some fan was like coming up or he like some fan said to him from the um from the stands, like, Oh, Marvin, no catches today. in that, I think it was the bills game. And and he's like, yeah, he doesn't throw to me anyways, Marvin Mims. So (laughs) even though he knows he's not getting the ball out there, which sometimes like, honestly, when I watch Marvin Mims, I'm not even sure he's all that fast of a player, but I also can't tell if he's just like, you know, I'm, I'm the clear out guy. I'm not even getting a target here, but you know what? Exactly. But you know what, buddy? Like, nobody's getting any targets in Denver, okay? Russell Wilson, unless you're Cortland Sutton, which, by the way, that's one thing. one point I do want to make here. I think Cortland Sutton looks awesome this year. I think he has played extremely good football. And you know I've been dogging Cortland Sutton for the last couple of years, man, since that 2019 season, which 2019 season in reception, perception was really solid stuff, Um, like 69% success rate versus man. Pretty solid number, nothing like elite or anything, but pretty solid. And then he tore the ACL, yeah. and I don't think he's come back at all. Well, in twenty, uh, twenty one, or in twenty two, this year though. And I swear to God, I either made this point on this podcast or the or my other podcast. Um, I know I made a joke about it on Twitter. That remember there was a headline in the offseason where Sean Payton uh, has sat down with Cortland Sutton and has him looking at Michael Thomas's, uh, you know, twenty nineteen film. And I made the joke that, well, if you look at Cortland Sutton's profile in RP, really the two routes he runs well are like the dig route, the slant route, and that's it. And what do we all call Michael Thomas? Slant boy, right? Because right. he got a ton right. of those targets. And you know what? Cortland Sutton's looking really good on those in-breaking routes so far this year. And <laughs> obviously what he does in tight coverage. So, look, Cortland Sutton's balling right now. He's really the only one getting any targets – in that wide receiver room. I mean, Hey, I haven't heard from the yards per route run bros on Jerry Judy in quite some time. I wonder where, wonder where <laughs> they were all at after bull, a cyber bullying me in the summer. I mean, Russ leads the NFL right now. With a tw- uh, 20% of his passes are checkdowns, according to fantasy points data. So it's like, uh-huh. yeah, Marvin Mims is not getting a lot of looks. I think there's a lot of reasons for that.
0: That's really interesting, and it bums me out because I freaking love Marvin Mims, and uh, <laughs> and he's got a long ways to go as a player, and I'm bummed. I don't want to hear that. People, want, The people don't want to hear that, Matt. Come on, dude. You got to give the people a little a little positive news regarding Marvin Mims. I mean, this is a guy that, that, that you know, dynasty players, fantasy, see players we want to see more of Marvin Mims we don't want to see less of him man come on what's going on we want to call him Marvin Hims. that's what we want to do come on bro give us some good news out of here
1: well maybe there's a marketing uh, <laughs> ploy there with with Hims, the the hair loss and you know the other the other stuff they do there but right, um right Right now, they've got a long way to go to earning any marketing campaigns. Again, 42.3 percent success rate versus man. Like we've got to get that up. Um, I know. I de- I think I definitely had a bold prediction that Marvin Mims was going to lead all rookies in receiving yards. Uh, <laughs> didn't I have that bold prediction in the preseason? <laughs> Let's just say if I knew what I knew now, I would not be making that bold prediction. Uh, I think oh, Marvin no. Mims is indeed a long way away from being like um in every you know kind of snap i mean certainly in every snap player um i i do wonder if we'll be looking at him as like um you know they're not the same player because you know he this Kadarius tony wins after the catch but i do wonder if we'll be looking at him as like a Kadarius tony type of player like why don't they use him more well there's maybe a reason they're not
0: um if i can glean anything though uh just kind of putting all the pieces together, you know, that's what I do. Uh, when I, when I think about Marvin Mims though, uh, again, he's got tremendous speed and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, I, I do wonder uh, kind of factoring in his, his, that, that post game video that you, you know, were uh, referencing there. I, I just wonder, is he given it his full effort uh, on these routes? And when you talk about these coverage scores against man and zone um, and you're a rookie, I, 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 you got to go all out, right? So, mm-hmm. again, his his man scores are just atrocious, which you don't want to see. And and you talk about forty percent of his routes being go routes. Um, we also know that your your man, you know, success rate versus those routes are going to be naturally lower. Yep. Um, as we know as well. So, if I'm just trying to build a little positive <laughs> momentum somewhere, it's that. Yeah. Okay, if we diversify the route tree, if we get him more involved in the offense and make him feel like he is a real part of this offense, maybe he also gives a little bit more effort, you know. I don't know, man. I don't know. I, this it, this is it, it's boggling the mind and it's a bummer to hear cuz I freaking um I want to see more of Marvin Mims. Yeah, that's for I sure, I but.
1: posted the sneak preview of this in the Discord today, and yeah, a lot of a lot of sadness for for Marvin Mims <laughs> in the Discord because he was definitely, <laughs> um, you know, wasn't like one of my top ten prospects in this class or anything. I don't I don't think yeah. he was, but um, there are guys I liked better, uh, but he was someone I liked as a as a third round pick, you know, and I think. You know, I yeah, I, I will tell. I will give this for Marvin Mims. He's been a great kick returner this year. He's been balling out from, the, from the kick returner perspective. <laughs> um, so that ball. has been good to see. Um, I part of me is you know thinking when we all said in the offseason like well you know Sean Payton loves Marvin Mims cuz he traded up sure. for Marvin Mims and all that and now i'm kind of thinking like did Sean Payton trade up for Marvin Mims because he just like liked him as a, as a kick returner option oh, God. you know when you're when you're Sean Payton like you can do whatever the f you want because you Yep. You basically own this team. You are the judge, jury, executioner. You could be like, yeah, you know what we're going to do? We're gonna. I like this guy's a kicker-turner. Go ahead and trade up for him in the second round. I know we don't have a lot of draft resources, but I like this guy's a kick returner. Trade up for him in the second round. I don't think that's true, but I'm just saying. I will give Sean Payton credit, though. I think he's done a great job coaching this offense. I think it's a it, – look, they yeah. have like – I've called them the Broncos tastefully boring – that's where I think they are this year. I think they're tastefully boring. Uh-huh. Um, they're getting the best out of Russell Wilson, which I don't is not like like let's cool it with these. Everybody needs to apologize for to Russell Wilson. Like, all right, yeah, he's he's solid. He's 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 managing the games. They're having to do, like I said, twenty percent leads leads all quarterbacks. Twenty percent checkdown rate. They're not asking him to to be the the show here. Um, it's just a solid offense. Don't make mistakes. Keep the trains on the track. Um, It's not as if they have like a dominant run game. They have a fine run game. Their defense has gotten back on track. I think it's a well-coached team. Uh,
0: I I think if anything, we need to give Sean Payton some apologies. Listen, nobody needs to give Russ Wilson apologies at all. Okay. Because first of all, if he was terrible last year because he was out of shape and wanted to do all these weird things on the offense by himself, that's on him. I don't know, we don't owe him no apologies. What yeah. you talking about, man? Like, he decided to come into training camp way, in way better shape and also decide to actually listen to an, a, a great offensive-minded coach in Sean Payton. That, listen, you don't need, we don't need to apologize for that, okay? He just decided to put his head on straight and play football, man. Like, what you talking about? I don't owe no apologies to nobody for that, yeah. okay? But I do think everybody was bagging on Sean Payton through the first five weeks of this through oh, the yeah. first six weeks of the season when they had one win versus five losses they've now rattled off five wins in a row by the way a win against Kansas City look dominant a win against Buffalo okay a, a win against by the way put 29 points up on one of the best defenses in the NFL in Cleveland all right. This is if we if we're going to apologize to anybody, let me tell you right now, we need to apologize to Sean Payton cuz people said, "Oh, he doesn't have it anymore." He done lost it. Listen. 5 wins in a row, 3 of them are pretty darn impressive. I'm just saying, man, uh, if if we're throwing apologies out to anybody, it better be to freaking Sean Payton, man. Um yeah, also
1: do you think do you think that the, the Broncos are going to make the playoffs because I kind of think I kind of think they could, right?
0: <laughs> Tastefully boring um into the playoffs would be I don't know, not desirable. I I don't want to see the Broncos in the playoffs, but it's a wide open the AFC is wide Open right now, man. It's insane um, how wide open the 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 uh, AFC is. It's nuts. I mean,
1: according to New York Times, uh, the playoff predictor, they have a twenty seven percent chance to make the playoffs. So um, it's not like a lock, but it's possible.
0: Ah, uh, they have a better win percentage than the Buffalo Bills. Oh yeah, Bills they... six and six, Broncos six and five.
1: Yeah, so there's a chance. I mean, um, the Colts have a sixty two percent chance to make the playoffs, according to New York Times. Like. They're they're looking good.
0: So both teams are six and five. One team has a twenty seven percent chance, and the other one's got a. That's interesting. That's interesting. Um, it must be the upcoming schedule. Although the Broncos have already played the Chiefs twice now, so they don't got them on the schedule anymore. So that's interesting. Um, yeah, it, listen, man, they're six and five, dude. They're only like a game away. <laughs> I mean, who's ahead of them? Steelers are seven and four. Browns are seven and four. Uh, again, the Jags are eight and three the the chiefs are eight and three and the dolphins are eight and three they're not that far behind no they're not that far in the schedule upcoming for denver
1: houston this week that's tough obviously um chargers they get they have the chargers twice winnable to end the season but yeah they'll pro- i feel like they'll split with the chargers the chargers are dumb enough to lose one game and, and win one other they have the the lions that's a tough one but um, that's a tough it, it's one in detroit then the Patriots, okay, that's a win. And then they're in Las Vegas for Week 18. That could definitely be an important game. For, not for the Raiders, but for the the, the Denver Broncos.
0: Yeah. Um, although... I'm just saying the Raiders playing a lot better football too. If we're talking about teams, Um, you know, improving Raiders, obviously playing a hell of a lot better football uh, as of late as well. All right. Anyways. Um, All right. So there you go. That's uh, the Denver and um, Green Bay conversation. Uh, I kind of want to stay actually in the AFC West here. I I loved our conversation uh, that we had um, in our previous episode about which team would you rather be moving forward, Houston or Jaguars? Um, Very close one there. I'll throw this one out to you again. Okay. Which team would you rather be moving forward, Chargers or the Colts? And I'll kind of sort of lay it out for the listeners here. Chargers obviously have Justin Herbert, but man, they've got a badly aging roster. Their roster is old and it's looking worse every week that goes by. And of course, they've got a terrible head coach that is most likely going to be fired. So there's a huge X factor there, but it's the NFL you you you've got the you've got a great quarterback in Justin Herbert all right on the other side you've got the Indianapolis Colts i they've got a better coach i think that's you know goes without saying they've got much better skill guys that are also young but they've got a completely unproven and quite frankly an injury prone quarterback there in Anthony Richardson Matt Harmon who would you rather be moving forward the Chargers or the Colts
1: These two teams, by the way, great picker by you because these two teams could not be like more opposite of each other right now. Although they are, they're both like in the AFC wild card mix. Um, I mm-hmm. misspoke earlier. Actually, the Colts are they have a they have a forty two percent chance to make the playoffs okay. right now, but that's better than the Chargers at nine percent. Nine percent for the LA Chargers. So they're and the vibes could not be more different between oh, these two teams. Yeah, exactly. the vibes are <laughs> totally atrocious. <Golly. laughs> for the chargers right now
0: totally, totally. brandon
1: staley literally finishes every sentence in a in a in a press conference with okay like i i i got a quote from the athletic the uh, screenshot of one of their articles when he was asked about quentin johnson and whether he was benched or they pulled him out because of injuries injuries like i know it's hard for you to understand okay but we pulled him out because of injury okay like he's so beyond tilted meanwhile the colts are putting out videos of shane steichen where he's like Oh golly, you know, or or uh you know, those kinds of stuff. Jeez uh, Louise. Jeez Louise. Like uh, he looks like Philip Rivers out there. You know, they actually did uh were together with the Chargers, but so just totally different vibes right now. And this is all house money for the Colts because their quarterback isn't even playing right now. It's Gardner Minshew right. and um so two completely different um Areas even from a salary cap perspective next year. Um, next year, the Colts they're always up there in cap space, and they basically never use it. So don't get excited about this. But they are they have the fourth most cap space in 2024. Meanwhile, the Chargers have the third fewest cap space in 2024. Um, they have currently the most dead money. Um, that's going to be on the books next year, and that's again without doing anything. They're going to be have twenty-two million dollars in dead money on their cap Ugh. in twenty twenty-four. Are the LA Charges like people don't realize they put this all in like this year? Like we talk about teams going Man. all in, all in, whatever. Um, this team did it. Like the Bills are not all in, right? That you know they they did not want to win every year they're in their playoff window the bengal's aren't all in all this stuff but the chargers really did push it to this year restructuring contracts all that type of stuff to make it more difficult in the future but make their team better this year and you just look right. at it man like it's that roster is not good like they have no. a, they have a lot of names but there's not a lot of good Players that are just like locked in in their prime like basically it's obviously keenan allen is really good um but he's certainly another year older next year i mean i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do the let's doubt keenan allen thing again um but (laughs) like we're at a point Uh where he catches 14 passes on sunday night it's like who cares because nobody else can do anything uh mike williams will be back next year like i think they probably have to they can't. He has a thirty-two million dollar cap hit next year. He's coming off an oh. ACL. Joey Bosa always hurt now. Khalil Mack. There's almost no. They'll have to cut him um, yep, next year. Gone. I think. Like, but he's not even like an easy contract to cut. I, I heard. I heard Daniel Popper from the Athletics say this too. Joey Bosa and um, Khalil Mack have the fourth and ninth highest cap hit in twenty twenty four. In the league, not like, not like at edge rusher, not on defense, just in the league. Um, really I'm looking at it. The only guys that they have, you know, that are in their primes are like Justin Herbert. It's Rashawn Slater. And like, that's it. That are high quality proven starters. Uh, I mean, they have a few other guys that are pretty solid, right? Uh, to Louie, the the defender they have, they drafted this year is pretty good player. Um, you know, Asante Samuel's kind of up and down, but he's fine. No, he's, he's a good fine. player. He's a good no, he's a, he's a
0: good player. I, I like him a lot. Uh, Derwin James, obviously, on the back end, too. Yeah. Um. But, man, I, I'm looking at Mike Williams' contract. They got to get out of it, dude. Yeah, Come on, bad. man. They can't. They cannot bring this guy back in 2024 without a massive restructure. There's
1: just no way. They just restructured I, I, it this last year. You know, that's the thing. They I, just restructured I know. it last year. And I think they're going to fire Brandon Staley. I think they're going to probably – I think they have to fire the GM, Tom Telesco, who's done a miserable job building this team. Miserable. The Horrible. same mistakes over and over again, kicking the can down the road over and over again. Like, to take Quinton Johnston when you needed somebody to win this year, uh, you know, it's an awful decision, especially because, like, Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers were right there. Oh. Easy mistake. That you Can could you imagine Zay
0: Flowers on this team? Come on, bro. Oh, my goodness.
1: It's like literally exactly what they need, you know. Um, obviously, yep. Eckler's not going to be around next year. He hasn't played well the last few weeks anyways. Um, I, I kind of think the Colts are the easy answer here, which is crazy because one of these teams has Justin Herbert. And when they exactly. do fire Brandon Staley, they will be a very attractive job. Um, and not like a like if you're Ben Johnson, you're gonna be the top head coaching candidate. Why would you not? I mean, why would you not want to go to the Chargers and work with Justin you know? Herbert? And I think they have that's really attractive. But everything else is just so bare bones. And I think the Colts have a fantastic foundation. Um, Shane Steichen has been awesome. Again, they might go to the playoffs. They have a better than forty percent chance to go to the playoffs this year. Steichen's been great, calling plays. He's exec- This offense has been executed really well. Gardner Minshew hasn't even been like. Good. He's been passable backup level. He's puts totally. the ball in harm's way a lot. Um, oh he, yeah. He, like it's he, not he as he is ambi- who he is. He is who he is. <laughs> Michael Pittman. They have to resign him. I think they probably will resign him or franchise tag yeah. him or whatever because he's I awesome. Agree. He's been a true number one, perfect fit for the offense. Josh Downs. You know how I feel about Josh Downs. The offensive line is like Bernard Raymond. People don't talk about, but he's been a really good solution at that left tackle spot. Like. This looks like a great infrastructure, and I do think – look, Anthony Richardson, yeah, he got banged up a lot. He has to learn how to protect himself, but man, I thought he played extremely well to start the year and showed a lot of good things. So the fact that like it's not like the Colts are going to get to the end of this season and think – Ah, shoot, we were pretty close to the playoffs, but we started Gardner Minshew all year, and like we're going to be too good to draft really high. But we have some of these young pieces. No, they already got the guy coming back. Like they already have the right? guy coming back. I think they're in a great spot. I would, mu- if I was, if I was running a team, I'd much rather be the Colts than the Chargers.
0: Yeah, it's just so interesting, man. It's it's just such a quarterbacks league, you know. I mean, that's that's really where it becomes like a. You laid it out perfectly. Okay, <laughs> you laid it out perfectly. Everything else. Is in the Colts favor. Everything, literally. But the Chargers, man, they got Justin Herbert, boy. They got Justin Herbert. You can start winning a lot of games real quick with a with, with, with a bad roster. Okay, with, with no salary cap. You can win a lot of games when you got a great quarterback. And yeah. that's what they got. Yeah. And by the way, um, you know, the whole injury prone thing for for Anthony Richardson, so obviously he just has such a long history of injuries. Um <clears throat> there's very little that would that would I don't know, tell me that he's not going to continue to be getting injured, um, throughout his NFL career, unless he really changes the way he plays. But if he really changes the way he plays, he's not nearly as effective as a player, right? So you're, you're sort of now balancing this out, right? Um, and, and by the way too it should go i i think it is worth mentioning too the fact that the colts have the owner that they have in Jim say you got to think that he might screw it up too yeah you know? to- Cause, totally
1: cuz it they're they're i was going to say ownership is kind of a wash though because it's it is no uh, you're, right, you're right you're right not like the spanos family is great but they're also kind of like they're a little right. more detached they're a little more like oh, way we just, more. We don't. They, I mean, Brandon Staley still coaches his team because they didn't want to pay him and, and have him not work. Correct. They're much cheaper, um, but whereas Jim Mersey is going to be more involved, but that can be a bad thing too. So it's kind of like a wash in 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 different ways.
0: Yeah, um, I think if they get the right GM, the Chargers do. I look. look you can say whatever you want about the Spanos. I know they're cheap and you know they don't treat they don't care about the fans and they treat the fans <laughs> like crap. Okay, fine. Um, But from just a football perspective, right, they basically put a team in place and get out of the way. Right. Um, And whatever bad decisions they end up having, it's, you know, it's it's. And by the way, you talked about kicking the can down. They're not afraid to spend money on the actual team when they have to. Um, that certainly has been you know been the case i mean even go back to like the Ladainian tomlinson days you know they're willing to put money into the into their team to win games man um it's just you know obviously not the stadium right they treat their fans (laughs) like crap okay (laughs) they treat their fans poorly (laughs) whatever boo birds they get they deserve i get it i'm just saying the product on the field though they're not willing or they're not scared to spend that money right so uh, but yeah, what, what an interesting one. I don't know which way I want to go here, man. I kind of sort of lean towards the quarterback because that's just a shortcut to everything, you know? And by the way, the salary cap, it's fake. Okay. We, we've yeah. determined this. The salary cap is fake. They'll figure out if they get the right GM in place, they'll figure out a way they get their cap, their cap turned around very quickly. Um, I think they're going to have obviously better draft positioning here uh, next year. So so hopefully they can find the right GM to find the right, you know, young players to kind of put in place. Um, And and yeah, man, obviously it's going to be a rough ride. I think next year, next year, it'll be clearly the Colts next year. It'll be clearly the Colts. But what about the year after that? That's when I think it gets really interesting. And then that's when I feel like two years from now is when I kind of sort of think maybe I want to be the chargers. Uh, But, but they've got to get the right guy. They've got to get the right, um, you know, offensive minded head coach and they've got to get the right GM. Uh, But yeah, really close call for me either way. Uh, And I don't think, I don't think either one is, I don't think you have a wrong answer either way is the point that I would make. So, uh, but, yeah, I, I want to know what you guys think out there listening, man. Um, let us know uh, by finding us either through the Discord or, or through Twitter or whatever it might be. I want to know who would you guys rather have? <laughs> would you guys rather have the Chargers? Would you guys rather be the, uh, the Indianapolis Colts? All right, but there you go. That's our show, man. Um, and, again, I just, just again, heartfelt thank you to all the listeners out there who have really helped um, our podcast grow. All right, for Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you. And remember, it's never too late to chase your dreams. All right, peace.